Thank you for listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Data is My Science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. I am your host, Dapper Data. Today, we're going to we're not going to get too technical, but we're going to focus in on some things, okay? We've never talked about what it means to be a machine learning engineer. We've never talked about that versus data scientists. Y'all hear me all the time. I say, I'm a data scientist. I'm a data scientist for Dapper Data. I'm a data scientist for um, NetApp. I am a data scientist, right? But what does that really mean, right? And we're going to bring an expert on the data. We talk about that difference between data science and machine learning engineer, okay? And honestly, I'm gonna be completely honest, I didn't even know the difference, right? And, and I've had history over time, right? About four or five years in the data science industry, I kept calling myself data science scientist. And then over time, I realized that, man, there's other roles, right? Throughout the process of stuff, right? You know, and a data scientist plays a big role, but so does that machine learning engineer. So does that data engineer. So does that data analyst, right? You know, and so I brought on a special guest with, with us today, but let's talk about what it means to be a machine learning person, right? Or talk about machine learning, right? And it's important because it gives those enterprises, those organizations out there a view of the trends that you see in the customer behavior, okay? In the and, and business operations, uh, operational patterns that you have out there, right? As well as like supporting the development of some of those new products, okay? So NetApp, Oracle, the vendors out there, anybody who's creating a product, you wanna know the patterns, right? You wanna, you wanna know a lot of different things. You wanna know your competitors, right? You know, many of today's leading companies out there, such as Facebook, Google, and, and Uber, okay? Uber, Lyft, you name it, you know, they make machine learning a central part of the operation. So without further ado, I want to bring to you Ananda Soundharajan. Say what's up, Ananda. Hey, Bobby. Great to be here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. So so Ananda, right, is a specialist. He is focused in on a lot of different things, right? You know, uh, when you think about a developer, you think Ananda. In my eyes, when you think about uh, a system integrator, you probably think Ananda. When you think about machine learning, right? You think about data scientists, right? He understands a lot of those different aspects, man. And so I, I appreciate you being on the podcast. So Ananda believes in continuous learning, right? We always talk about educating yourself on a daily basis and how important that is and, and, and really being obsessed with knowledge, right? And he lives by the principle that every single day counts. Okay, so he probably sits there, you know, if he's like me, he's really analyzing every minute, right? <laughs> Did I waste my time? Did I not waste my time? I don't know. I don't know. But an engineering leader who has been developing and develop and, and, and delivering software for almost two decades, okay, expert in RESTful API and specializing in microservice design API gateway technologies and big advocate for cloud and DevOps. All right. So we have a lot to talk about, but you know, we have to keep it short for this podcast. But I I I really see in the in the future that Ananda is going to be probably on here about 30 times, man, because he just knows too much information. Okay. All right. So Ananda, Ananda, let, let, let's not even um, uh, bypass this, right? Ananda has also 
uh, been an author of a book called Machine Learning, Getting Started. Okay, I read that book. I tell you right now, this is a powerful, powerful book, right? And it's important because a lot of times we sit there and and I'm pretty sure Anana can speak to this. There is a ridiculous amount of books out there that are talking about machine learning. There's look at ridiculous amount of books talking about data science. And I mean, for a novice, they're like, what the heck? This is too much, too much information, right? You know, Ananda, we talked about how YouTube videos, right? You need to shorten them, right? Uh, audio videos, you need to shorten them a little bit. Get straight to the point, right? You know, knowledge is power, but those 30 minutes of knowledge is probably more powerful than the hour sitting there trying to figure out, you know, what are the nuggets? What are the gems? Things like that. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Ananda. Thank you for being on the podcast. You know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So as you said, I'm an engineering leader. I work in one of the Surrey dealers in Chicago. I live with my family. I have uh, two beautiful daughters and uh, they keep me busy. Uh, <laughs> I'm a computer science engineer by profession and um, I have passion for technology and uh, I love automating things and um, save time because uh, we don't want to do the mundane activities by yourself and repeat the same thing day in day out and if we can automate it get the time back and you can do the things you love so that's the principle i live with yeah yeah no no thank you man you know and and i want to dive into your book right so sure. your machine learning book right how did you come up with that idea like tell me your story because not too many people say hey look man i want to teach machine learning right yeah. you know your background you might have started one place versus the other, you know. So, so what? Well, how did you get to machine learning? I'm, I'm creating this book. Good, good. Yeah, that's a good one. So, I always like to update myself and stay relevant. So that's where it started. And uh, I'm a computer science engineer. Um, whether it is DevOps or cloud, AWS or Azure, I always go for it and um, learn and do some certifications and you know, um, go on top of it. But then this machine learning um, is something, I mean, it was in my radar and uh, I've been thinking about it. And um, we all know Andrew NG. He is the guru, I would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, he's the guy. And I used to um, follow him and uh, was watching a few um, content in Coursera. That's where I started. And um, But then when I looked at it from outside, there is a lot of buzz and... Um, they talk about math, they talk about algorithms, it's everywhere, right? And uh, um, in the beginning, I was literally overwhelmed with a lot of new terminologies and do I have to write algorithms myself? And uh, what about statistics? What about probability? Um, you know, like, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at this. And can I still be a good machine learning expert? So a lot of questions is with I started with. And uh, the moment I did some deep dive with, right, like Coursera material and... Uh, um, plus plural site and a lot of books I read. Um, there's a good content uh, from O'Reilly as well. Mm. Um, but with, with the two to three years of um, reflection, what I noticed uh, when I look back on my notes, it, it didn't seem really that hard as I originally thought. I was able to connect all the dots and uh, oh my God, oh, this is it, right? And uh, it's about, I mean, understanding the data and choosing the right features and do the cleanup and uh, pick the right algorithm, then train it, build the model and test it. If it is good, just go deploy it, right? And at, at high level, it, that is what it is, right? And uh, 
um, but for me to get to this level, it took about three years, right? And um, I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. like, like uh, software engineers, people like me, um, they will be in the same boat. And I don't want everybody to have this kind of like you know like a crazy uh, thing going on. And I thought maybe you know what? Let me share my notes and put it together and publish a book. That's where the idea came. And this publishing a book is something I mean never did that, and it's new for me. Uh, so. Know, like uh, putting the contents and also like putting outline chapters and editing um, then having a cover design and that that to get to that manuscript the full manuscript uh, was a big deal right and uh, I leveraged the editors from Upwork it's a great site um, and also there is a good book um, titled published uh, from a blank page to 300 copies sold um, it's, it's a great book uh, written by Chandler Bolt, I believe. And I just followed the steps and um, yeah, there were I a mean, few questions and all of that and watching YouTube contents wherever I was struck and uh, keep going. And finally, I was able to get it out the door. It took about, um, it took maybe nine months, I would say. I could have done it in I mean, six months, but then there was some personal I mean, um, issues I had to go through in the middle. But otherwise, uh, I was able to get it out the door right about in nine months, I would say. But it, it's a great I mean, learning experience. Um, I had a great time. And uh, there is, this is a big deal for me because um, English is not my native language. I come from southern part of India. And the entire my schooling was in Tamil. It's a local language. And uh, so even writing an email in English is a big deal. So I come from, that's where I started, right? And that's the type of background I come from. And uh, uh, publishing a book uh, was like an amazing experience for me overall. Man, yeah, I mean, I, I tried to publish a book um, pretty recent, right, mm -hmm. and uh, probably within a year, right, but one thing I realized was that something that the experience, mm -hmm. the exposure matters, right, mm -hmm. you know, you can't just say, man, I want to publish a book after like four months of experience and exposure, right, you don't have really any uh, real world examples probably, you know, in four months, you can't, like you have, been engulfed in this industry for a while right. right and so that's important because a lot of people understand man like the way you were able to break down this book i mean please everybody if you are interested in machine learning and just the basics and understanding of things right check out this book because what he's doing is under is breaking down the simplicity right within every aspect i mean it was some terms in there i'm not a machine learning engineer by far you know um and we can get into like does a data scientist need to know machine learning does machine learning you know we can get into that a little bit later but i want to really highlight the simplicity of the book right so a novice can come in and actually say man i understand supervised versus unsupervised learning i understand the reason why people make these decisions and real world examples is what you highlight in there, which is mind blowing to me because every, I'm, I lied to you not, Ananda, every world, real world example that you put in there, I got it. I was like, oh crap, I got it, <laughs> you know? And it was even to like bending, right? Hyperparameters, right? Like you're, you're diving into it and you break it down so simple. I think that's what makes it so powerful, right? Because now, I can give this to my 14 year old son and oh my say, hey, look, you know, 
understand this, right? He's already learning Python. So he, so jumping into some, a book like this, he's going to be like, man, I got it, right? Understand it. And I, I think that's what you're trying to give to the audience, right? Because I, I, you probably think a lot of them seem, in my eyes, right? If somebody came in out of the streets, they're going to be thinking, man, I'm scared of machine learning. It just sounds dangerous. I'm going to go over here to another place, right? You know, right. is that what you see a lot? Is that why you developed the book? That is true. Uh, you know, like uh, there are courses after courses, whether it is Udemy, Pluralsight, courses are like towards data science, like all the places, right? And uh, I mean, mostly the academic style with uh, math and really a lot of scary parts, right? It, it It's not that complicated, right? And um, mm -hmm. the moment you said, you know, it, it is simple and uh, it was able to break it down. That was the only objective mm -hmm. I had. I wanted to make it simple and, you know, um, get, introduce them, right? I mean, then there are, I mean, good books, better books than my book, for sure. They can go deep when they are really interested uh, to, to pick a specific area, for example, statistical versus uh, deep learning. Even within deep learning, you have the regular artificial neural network or convolutional or even recurrent uh, or even the natural language processing. There are various areas, right? And uh, get the fundamentals right and... Uh, once you like it, you, you believe in it, just go for it. Go deep, and there are, I mean, a lot of great contents out there, and uh, you can take it to the next level. Yeah, and 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 another thing I want to highlight in the book, right, is when I when I think about it, it's like, all right, how to if I was to interview in a job, right? You basically just gave a high level and broke down examples right. of everything you need to have a conversation with somebody in machine learning, right? You know, in an interview, I can go in an interview after reading that book. And even if I want to explore deeper in certain areas, I could literally go in an interview and say, hey, look, I'm applying for this machine learning job. I know about everything. I, I understand the topics you're talking about, right? You know, I understand why it's needed. I understand the questions to ask, you know, for a customer based off of those things you put in there. I mean, it's, it's sick, you know, it's amazing, you know. Okay. So you talk a lot about like garbage in, garbage out, right? You know, within okay. a book, you know, I want to highlight that because a lot of times people understand, it's two things that I kind of want to highlight, right? The feature engineering a little bit and then the, the garbage in, garbage out, right? You know, mm -hmm. what do you mean by garbage in, garbage out when you say that? It, it, you know, we can compare it with, um... Or, you know, like uh, what we eat, we put garbage in to the body and you're going to end up fatty and, you know, like with all the disease yeah. and all of that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the same way, uh, when we talk about machine learning, um, algorithm, model and all of that, the foundation uh -huh. is data, the quality of data you have and the kind of features you choose and uh, go on top of it. And that's going to decide the successor the result state of your model you build and uh, if you have just junk content and uh, you just train it and you not get nothing much you just get the junk as a result but then you right. spend time right and understand the data that's a lot of times um, people want to build a model they want to predict take it to the production right and uh, they 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 might underestimate the the eda the exploratory data analysis part that's where you have the real mate. I mean, spend time, understand your data, understand the problem statement. What is your right. objective, right? And do you have the right data? 
and then do the clean up and you, you, like you said the feature engineering that's even more critical um, yeah normalization and all of that so um, once you do it right then there are excellent algorithms which are already written you also said python they have the scikit learn library and uh, there are experts who have already done the good job the, the comp- they have already got the right algorithms right and if you have the right data the good algorithm and train it and do the prediction to make it very easy for us they have abstracted everything and uh, it's all there in libraries whether it is you start with python or even r right and uh, uh, mm-hmm. based on your preference and whichever you are comfortable with pick that and um, yeah more importantly look at the data and s- spend time understand it then go for the algorithm and training part yeah yeah i mean i think that's important because what i see a lot of time people look for that sexy part right the right. end goal of the book right like you said like in the book right you what you're highlighting is the most important parts as throughout the data process that transformation stays when you're looking at you're actually looking at the data your that eda part right the exploratory data analysis i mean oh crap i mean i i hear all the time people are talking about the end it's almost like a process in life right you see the successful people but you never know what they went through in life to get to be successful right (laughs) you know uh, my friend always says this right when somebody is successful right don't say wow ask how yeah <laughs> whatever we think about that is just out but then there is the schedule there is the routine right and uh, yeah day in day out man that, and it's crazy because you you highlighted right it was like 80 or 90% of people like the most important part right. is really the exploratory data analysis that feature right. engineering part that part where you are looking there and you're eliminating something as basic as white spaces, right? In the columns, you're eliminating something as basic as like, you know, uh, you sit there and and there's a common term between two different uh, words, but they, they make it two different words, basically, instead of saying that it's one word. I mean, yeah. you know, something as basic as that can make your model so much more efficient. And Andrew Ng said it right he yep. said it in one of his youtube posts didn't he and and he said hey look you know people are sitting there trying to make this model so accurate right you know like let me make it more accurate i got to change more more the way the algorithm was worked all that stuff in the model and then they forget that man you could actually make your model more accurate by cleaning the freaking data right <laughs> that's all you got to do <laughs> um, yeah you got it <laughs> Yeah. So, no, I appreciate that. So feature engineering, right? You know, we don't talk about it enough, right? And that's what we were just kind of talking about. Can you explain what that what that really is at a high level real quick for the audience? Sure. So when we talk about data, it is the raw data, right? And we get from mm-hmm. I mean, either transactional systems or sometimes uh, from internet. A um, lot of I mean, scrapping we can do and we can. Now we have the raw data and... Um, these machine learning algorithms cannot understand them I in raw data as it is. So that's where this uh, feature engineering come into picture. Um, so even before we go to the feature engineering with raw data, like do that exploratory data analysis, which we already talked about it. And once you understand it, mm-hmm. um, the importance of um, the elements within the data, once you have a pattern and all of that, right? And uh, then the feature engineering, where you look at, I mean, you may have 100 I mean, columns, um, mm-hmm. about, um, 
for example any personal data we have the name first name last name age date of birth um, like like uh, the meal preference like that lot of attributes right and there may be like uh, hundreds or even thousands of attributes right and uh, but we have to um, identify the attributes which makes more sense from the the problem you are trying to solve and if i'm trying to predict the the height of the person based on the personal attributes so what is important um age is important and also like the weight is important and you know those kind of attributes the critical ones i mean the first name last name may not make much difference where i live may not make much difference but then uh, the age weight those kind of items are going to make critical difference so right picture engineering is that is what it is like you're going to identify the the features which are more relevant to the problem you're solving so choose them and uh, once you identify those features then there is also the the other process like the pre processing the data like stemming lamentation and you know like all of that pre processing and, uh, and 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 also like this um, algorithms uh, understands the numerical data better and it is designed to understand the numerical data so whatever in content we have it may not be always the numerical it, it may have the characterical data and all of that so that's where um, you do that um, conversion uh standardization scaling all kinds of stuff it's, it's a huge domain field feature engineering i would say right and in fact there are books specifically to talk about the feature engineering and uh, it's it's a huge domain area if you really see um, the data scientists they spent more time in feature engineering um so that, that's the mm. difference between I mean, a machine learning engineer versus a data scientist so for data scientist um 80% like you said i mean 80% of the time they spend in feature engineering even before touching the algorithm and you know like training and all of that right right and that, and that stuff has to take like, practice 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 right because you know i sit there and the way that i mean oh my god i'm telling you right now i'm not even lying you have to read this book right <laughs> because it even what to, for me you know i've been in the data science or data industry for about 4 years 5 years now and some of the terms i didn't even hear about right you know because because everything moving so fast right you don't have a time have time to process some of the things that you have to go through in the different stages to get to that point of really visualizing the data right like what does it mean to just visualize it right well you don't just do bi tools you don't just do tableau right you have to you know just present the stuff i mean it needs to be th this is one thing that's consistent across the board whether you're presenting it through python r tableau or bi tools it doesn't matter you got to clean that crap man you know that you got to clean that data you got to prep it and so you know what does prepping mean you actually broke down the 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 top like one or two ways and common ways to prep right during the feature engineering and that is yeah. sickening yeah. to me because nobody ever breaks it down to that level for somebody to be able to uh understand it at a novice level you know right. and so i appreciate you doing it now i want to talk about machine learning engineering versus a data scientist really quick absolutely right? because um I sat there throughout my time my four years I'm thinking man mm -hmm. the only word I knew was data scientist right mm -hmm. as I as I had to continue to grow into that realm people started talking about 
data data analyst, right? I was like, oh crap, well, is there a difference? Then you start realizing there's a difference. Then you then you get into data engineer. I'm like, well, oh crap, you know, that's another person, you know, <laughs> that has to do things. And then you get into now there's like machine learning engineer, right? I'm like, all right, okay, I'm doing neural networks. I, I thought I was the person that did what the machine learning engineer did. And why do we need this machine learning engineer now? You know, so what's the difference between the two that you would say? It's a good one. So this guy, data scientist, he's the expert, I would say. I would say um, he's the architect of a machine learning application at that level, right? And uh, so he has, he's someone I mean, who has thorough understanding on the data and the features. Mm -hmm. Day in, day out, he's going to spend more uh, time around the data and the features. Then algorithm, yes, he's going to do more of a prototype, right? And uh, he's going to pick there are I mean, various algorithms. Um, even data scientists, I don't think I mean they really write a machine learning algorithm because it's all developed. And maybe if you are really serious about it, yes, you can also develop a machine learning algorithm. But most of the time, if you see the algorithms are already there, it, it's built in, right? And you have this uh, scikit-learn framework and all of that, and it is out of the box. You can mm -hmm. use it, and you spend more time with your problem statement, with your data, to do the cleanup, reprocessing, and do the feature engineering now you have identified the right features and all of that then you pick an algorithm then you train the model and you get an idea now so mm -hmm. then this data scientist is going to tell okay um well um, this type of data and this algorithm works better and they compare with few other algorithms as well and it mm -hmm. is at that level right and then this guy machine learning engineer he comes from a software engineering background he is someone i mean who is good at i mean writing code and uh, uh, who is uh, good at building reliable systems. So having model is one thing. Um, it's, it's more of a prototype, I would say, or a pilot version. Um, so, okay, good. So this is the um, model and this is the data and we have trained it and we have some level of accuracy, which is good and it is doing what we want to get out of mm -hmm. it, which is fine. Now we have to take it to the next level. When I say next level, we have to take it to production. So when we talk about production, uh, the volume is high in terms of uh, the traffic. Um, so that's where this um, machine learning engineer is going to come into picture. And he's going to do all those uh, checks and balances, the negative scenarios and uh, what can go wrong, right? And fix all those uh, scenarios and make this model from a pilot person to production ready and load testing and also design the runtime environment for a model in terms of the memory in terms of the compute power whatever is needed and also those checks and balances most of the time if you see we expose uh, the model in the api and mm -hmm. it's enterprise application right and there are i mean already systems which is up and running and they are going to integrate to this model and you are deploying this as an api and they're going to hit your api and right in front of api do we need an api gateway do we have to throttle it rate limiting um are we anticipating any bot traffic or do we have to worry about it how are we going to handle mm -hmm. it and if we have to scale it those kind of items so that's where this machine learning engineer is going to come into picture and he's going to use the software engineering background um, to to make the model production ready i would say all right right now that's a great explanation so do you see that the machine learning engineer 
it's like further down the line than the data scientists within the same project or company. You do see that? Okay. Right. Yeah, further down the line. Exactly. Exactly. Somebody further down the line and uh, who can understand what customer needs, what the real customer needs versus, I mean, just talking about the prediction, just talking about mm. the prediction accuracy of the model. And at the end of the day, whether it is technology, anything you do when you solve a problem, it, it has to help the end consumer, right? And uh, so yeah. sit closer to the consumer. So, okay, okay. Would they, would they be? Do do you recommend that they actually be a domain expert, right? Do they have to know the finance industry? Do they have to know the healthcare industry? Do they have to know sports, right? I mean, what's your opinion on that? Hey, that's a good question. Very good one. So machine learning engineer, he doesn't have to know much about the core domain, but whereas data oh. scientist, a data engineer, they have to know. Oh, I need to be a machine learning engineer. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, any software engineer can become a machine learning engineer. Can they become a good I mean, data scientist? Mm -hmm. Not always. So that's mm -hmm. where the domain expertise come into picture. And also, if you're a data scientist, you cannot overlook at math, statistics, and all of that. So you have to be good at I mean, uh, those things. Those oh, are, man. Machine learning engineer? Oh, like, okay, he can say They need to no know math. Right. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, you have broken it down very deep. You have given us so much insight and things, you know, and I tell you, you know, there's, you know, uh, well, well, first, before I get into sort of the summary real quick, if you could name some certain things that you believe that a machine learning engineer needs to do, right? Some of the, if you can name the top three things that you believe a machine learning engineer needs to do to get to that point. And same thing for a data scientist. What would you What would you say? Right, machine learning engineer. Uh, to start with, they will have to have uh, programming fundamentals. Well, most of the time, I mean, they come with either Java background. Um, it is always a debate to pick Python versus R. It doesn't matter with preference. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I I'm a Python guy, and um, it's easy. Uh, even if you're not familiar with Python, it's about I mean, two weeks to get up to speed. So that's uh, the first one. And uh, second one, I would say math. Get a high level understanding on the math, especially the statistics uh, and the probability part. Because um, even though you are not really um, doing deep dive on the data like a data scientist, you will have to understand data to some extent. Because mm -hmm. that's the key. Um, even if you want to troubleshoot something and uh, when there is a new data coming in and uh, so having that fundamentals would help you and that's number two uh, so having the programming background then knowing the basics of statistics and you know that math fundamentals would really help what about the, the third one i would say um, ask right questions a lot of times uh, mm. ask right questions and uh, don't try to hit that you know 100 percent accuracy you cannot Always, you know, plan for uh, um, the negative scenarios as well. And it's yeah. I'm I'm here to find a model which can give you 100% accuracy. I'm here to find a model, and it <laughs> it's, it's, it's you're uh, not gonna find that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it's and I mean insane if you expect it that way. Uh -huh. So always, you know, plan yeah. for that um, the edge case. I would say. You know what's crazy? We may never ever be able to find a model that can give 100% accuracy. But I wonder if like a machine will be able to do that in the future. You know, I wonder, like, maybe we can't do it, but maybe 
eventually the machine will be able to do that years and years down the line to be able to say, I mean, some stuff is so chaotic that you cannot keep up with the (laughs) difference of accuracy, right? Right. You know, floods, right? Lottery. I don't, you you know, uh, people, anything doing humans, right? You know, but, uh, but man, no, no, this has been an amazing podcast, man. I'll tell you, I have learned so much just in this short segment alone and from reading your book audience, you got to check out the book. Uh, as as we talk about, right, I, I usually leave the audience with a nugget. I actually have learned entirely too many gems throughout this. And I have so many questions, right? Because even the understanding the right question, that's like a whole podcast in its own. That's like a whole story in its own, right? right. How to ask the right question. And so uh, what I want to leave the audience with is that I understood that asking the right question is very important. Okay, it's almost like you have to be creative in a sense, imaginative, right? Oh. You know, you have to be curious. Um, and and then that garbage in, garbage out, you know, is important to me because you can't have a good visualization in your BI tools and your, your Tableau, right? You can't have good visualization in your Python, uh, uh, you know, visualization process or your, or your R. It doesn't matter what it is you're using. If you're trying to communicate to a C-level exec and you start off with data that is garbage, and you're showing, hey, look, this is the you should make this decision, right? You know, imagine telling the president of the United States to drop some type of bomb somewhere or something crazy, right? Imagine, imagine telling uh, a football coach to be able to say, hey, look, you should run to the left versus the right. Yeah. You know, yeah. imagine doing that. And and they're making some of these crazy decisions, right? Because they're saying, hey, look, tell me why I should do this. And you're giving them wrong data, right? You didn't clean the data up, you know. You did quality data. That's what dapper data is all about. If nobody knew, right? You know, it needs to be dapper. It needs to be consistent. It needs to be holistic. It needs to be complete, clean data because that's the data that you want to be put out to the world and stuff. And so, you know, and and the last thing I learned today was that you know there is an uh, an importance. There there's some foundational things you need to learn. Even though whether you're doing uh, machine learning, whether you're doing um, uh, data science, it doesn't matter, right? Learning some math is important. Uh, Learning a language, right? Python, R, whatever you choose is important in the process of stuff and understanding how to ask those, continue those curious questions and stuff that you have. So is there anything, Ananda, that you want to leave with the audience? Yeah, certainly. Um, You summarized it nicely. Focus on the data to start with EDA, picture engineering, then get to the algorithm part and training, all of that. And uh, don't try to like attain the 100% accuracy. It's, it's, it's impossible. And uh, so always um, have the disclaimer, especially when you deploy, make sure you have the risk. And, uh, you know, when we talk about um, some promotional recommendation engine, those kind of scenarios, it's not going to make much difference. But then when we talk about um, a life critical problems like a cancer detection and those kind of scenarios, right? And so always you have that element of risk and you need to have a manual person to look at the result when 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 there is a, when there is an, you know, like when, when there is some doubt or, you know, those kind of situations. But otherwise, no, point. yeah. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. Otherwise, I mean, um, don't get I mean, overwhelmed with all these buzzwords. 
and new terms etc right and just get to the bottom and at a high level you just have statistical models or the neural network based which is the deep learning and even before you go to machine learning i mean ask this question do does my problem statement needs it do i need the machine mm. model even to solve it right and uh, oh man that is a great question right there i didn't think about that yeah that's they don't, all don't need that right you don't need it and you know like the traditional programming is enough uh, the heuristic approach and you don't really need <laughs> machine learning even within machine learning i mean don't just go to deep learning i mean ரீட்ட <laughs> uh probably about uh, 30 more times or something because i think being repetitive and reading your stuff you really embedded in your head and something like you're doing right you're really educating the youth you're educating the novice you're educating the advanced because you know no matter what even though we may think we know it all you never know it all right and and there's some stuff in there that you're educating people on that even the most advanced uh i would say machine learning engineer may not be totally understandable because you have to be exposed to it right you know if right. you are exposed to these things in the industry then yeah you're going to focus more on maybe certain these ranges you know and things like that here but if you're not exposed so you'll never touch some of the stuff you talked about in the book you know and so uh i really appreciate it so time to have a little bit of fun okay just really quick we want to play a game okay everybody knows my audience we like to play a game called overrated underrated or right where it needs to be all sure. right and i got it from a motivational speaker that i know that 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 actually has uh motivated me in several areas in life personal and and both business uh gary v but but he he would always ask right you know over, well, he was he was always asked you know over it underrated right where it needs to be so i present a series of topics to you you get sure. to decide whether you think it's overrated underrated or right where it needs to be and this is really for the audience to understand that yeah we are geeks i get it right all we do is talk about computers all the time from what you hear but we do think about stuff like golf we do have an opinion on it right we might we might not uh, agree with it or disagree whatever it is but we have an opinion and we and we can and we can explain our opinion on it so are you ready to play the game i'm ready all right okay the first thing chicago style pizza no oh, chicago style pizza um underrated ah yeah, are you are you are you biased right now are you presenting biased data no, delicious right? I could, I could, <laughs> best i mean so you can get i'm not biased i'm a big fan of my life too so yeah if the algorithm was making a decision would you be the one feeding biased data to the algorithm to make the decision man for pizza choices <laughs> all right uh swimming underrated the best i mean underrated yeah you're a good swimmer you like swimming yeah i love swimming and uh, even my daughters so we love water getting into water man i love it too man i love it too all right yeah hopefully i'm pronouncing this right and you have to educate the audience on this dal soup dal soup oh, okay the actual name for that is samba uh samba yeah 
right the best i mean uh, meal i would say i i'm I, i'm a south indian right and uh, idli uh, sambar that's my favorite combination so uh-huh. i would say it is underrated entire world can get you suffered can get the benefit oh man man yeah. do they sell it like in the states at all uh, there are indian restaurants where you can get it uh-huh. yeah is it spicy because a lot of people don't like spicy i do but is it spicy right you can make it i mean yeah we can control the spice level for sure okay okay yeah i'm definitely going to get it next time we go to an indian restaurant you know? I like all right that. yeah our programming programming r i'm talking about r r oh yeah. you know i'm going to be biased here who <laughs> <laughs> <All> rated <laughs> i knew you were going to say that man <laughs> all right the printer printer i think overrated don't need it much so it's all digital okay i do agree with that because for me i'm like man come on you know why are we still printing out here but right, some cutting. reason every once in a while you make yeah, they make you print and they make me feel so bad because as technical as i can be where right? you get those big printers in the office or somewhere it's like i'm always having issues with that crap man I don't know what it is <laughs> you know so i feel like i'm less of a technical person when i'm dealing with a printer for some reason but um all right so next one yoga yoga that is underrated seriously mm-hmm. we all need it like swimming right i mean when we talk about workout nobody talks much about swimming the same way yoga the past i mean we all need it to be flexible and uh um when we do yoga like there are a lot of i mean um the chronic diseases can be solved which is highly mm-hmm. underrated right now and yoga meditation that's an area where mm-hmm. you know huge I mean, scope right there um so yeah. man man so definitely check that out y'all definitely get in yoga because you know i've been wanting to get more into it i did in the past a little bit here and there but um i definitely feel like you're more in tune with the body you're right. more like focused right yep. you know it helps out with your energy and stuff um flexibility in general man I mean, people don't talk about it enough right you yeah. know <laughs> i feel like i'm like 10 years younger every time i get stressed out right by professional and stuff so um all right last two jogging jogging yeah it is i think uh right there where it is right now people love to walk and jog so it's good okay video games video games i like it it's overrated um when i was a kid i mean i always played outside with kids mm. learned a lot from others right and uh, but uh, sitting in front of system all the time and playing and always in front of devices because i see that with my kids and i try to control but then there is so much <laughs> right and but but there is you know like a beautiful life outside of those devices right and uh, yeah the emotions and all of that right and uh, beautiful in weather like you can experience a lot outside so not just sitting in an air conditioned room in front of devices you know like we are not machines right and we are humans and yeah 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 you can i think play with them in people and talk to people and interact and spend time with people 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I, I'm, I'm torn between it because I don't want to take it away because the generation is really moving toward video games, right? They're making right. millions of dollars on doing YouTube and they're showing their video games. Right. They're gamers now, right? I mean, that's the way the generation is going. But I do want the kids, right? You know, the kids we talked about earlier, our kids, we want them to understand like, hey, look, you know, there's more to life than just sitting in the house and playing a video game, you know? And, and so sometimes I... I, I struggle between this. Like, I want you to be your own person, but I want you to understand that there's a tree outside that is growing berries, right? And it and is and is amazing to touch those berries, you know. So, um, yeah. All right, Ananda, thank you. Look, you have been amazing. Uh, this has been a fun experience, man. I've had an enjoyable time. We have to continue this, man. We we really do because we have to talk about the right questions to ask for a data scientist right you know what does that mean how to be creative in that manner what what do you mean by you know being curious right you know that's a whole nother subject right there that could that could last an hour right there and so uh you know i really appreciate you being on you have really educated the masses i love to talk to you and talk to people about data science and what you have done is really shown every angle right the novice the advanced how they could to could pursue a career in data and um you know so where can they reach you at Ananda? well yeah absolutely i'm very active on linkedin and uh, you can follow me on linkedin and youtube channel i have one let's become ml engineers um where i post uh, regular videos um, on a weekly basis and i also have a website let's become ml engineers.com but then it is not active as i want to but it will be there as well mm -hmm. but otherwise uh, i'm very active in linkedin and youtube so that that's yeah it. So audience, definitely reach out to Ananda if you if you want to reach out to him about anything. I mean, we're talking about software engineering topics, right? Uh, machine learning topics, data science topics, right? You know, he's the person to go to, very smart expert in that field. And audience, as you know, you can always reach me at Mr. Dapper Data on any one of the social media platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I'm there. And also check out my YouTube channel, channel uh, youtube.com forward slash at percent sign dapper data all right i love you all peace check you out next week thank you for listening to the data is my science podcast the show that makes data your passion with your host dapper data